BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Delivery. Written by Certain Emergency. 122. It was nearly midnight and the earlier rush of deliveries had slowed down to a trickle. I was about to head home when the DoorDash app notified me of a new order. Someone named Lila S. wanted a large pepperoni pizza from Pizza Mike's and she was willing to pay a $50 tip for it. Hell yeah. I was so pleased about snagging the order that I never asked myself why someone would pay so much money for such a short drive. The trip to Pizza Mike's was quick, and I tapped on the DoorDash app to double-check Lila's address. She lived on the edge of the Great North Woods in an area too sparsely populated to be called a town. It would be a 20-minute drive. As I pulled out of the parking lot, I caught sight of the delivery instructions. No matter what happens, don't look at them or speak to them. Just keep driving. What the hell? I shook my head, reminding myself that it didn't matter how crazy Layla might be. All I needed to do was deliver her food and then I could go home and sleep. I followed the directions from Google Maps on autopilot, sifting through memories of the past few months. I'd never expected to move back in with my parents at the ripe old age of 31. Shortly after Sophie broke off our engagement, I'd have lost both our apartment and my job told myself that I'd get another job offer soon, but but then one month stretched into two, then three, and four, and here I was, dashing part-time while applying to more jobs. Absorbed in my thoughts, it took me an embarrassingly long time to notice that Google Maps had fallen silent. A thick mist had also crept down the road after me. I looked around, frowning. Would have said that I knew Coos County like the back of my hand, but the mist had slid thin white fingers through the surrounding trees, turning them hazy and unfamiliar. 
only the road ahead of me remained unobscured by the mist. It somehow looked more substantial than anything else. The black asphalt, solid and real. A no service notification popped up on my phone. Before I could do more than glare at it, a chorus of high-pitched screams rang through the air, immediately followed by bestial roars and howls. I flinched, fear sweeping through me in black waves. The car momentarily fishtailed before I regained control over it. Part of me wanted to stop and help whoever had just screamed, while another part of me wanted to speed away as quickly as possible. I compromised by slowing down to a crawl. My skin itched with the sensation of someone watching me. I glanced at the closest tree and screamed. Countless naked limbless torsos had been impaled onto the branches of the trees. The mist mercifully obscured most of the details, but there had to be at least dozens of dismembered bodies here. No, hundreds. The branches of the trees sagged under the weight of their unspeakable cargo, and the forest of corpses stretched out as far as I could see. Screw this, I was getting the hell out of here. I turned forward again and that was when someone spoke up from right behind me. Why don't you stop driving, Vivian? Stay a while. It was Sophie's voice, sweet and husky and utterly insane. I stared sightlessly ahead. My mind groped for a rational explanation even as my stomach tightened with dread. It couldn't be Sophie behind me. It wasn't her. It was something else wearing her voice. Like an ill-fitting mask cracked nearly in half and crumbling at the edges. I almost turned around. Almost replied to her. Only to remember the delivery instructions at the last second. Don't look at them or speak to them. Just keep driving. I swallowed hard and pressed down on the gas pedal. My white knuckled grip on the steering wheel was the only thing anchoring me. Otherwise, I might have drifted away like the mist itself and driven my car straight into one of the trees. The air inside of the car felt charged, like the moment right before a thunderstorm. And even though the temperature seemed to have plummeted 20 degrees, sweat dripped down my eyes. But I didn't dare let go of the steering wheel to wipe it away. Don't you... Don't you have anything to say to me? The voice had changed. It was still Sophie's, but now she sounded as though she had a bad cold. Please. <coughs> Viv, talk to me. Please. 
something ice cold brushed against the back of my neck. Fingers. They tucked a lock of hair behind my ear with mock tenderness. A nail hung loose from one of them, though, and scraped against the side of my neck. Its touch drove home the certainty that whatever sat behind me couldn't be human or alive. My mind supplied one gruesome image after another. Sophie with the side of her head caved in. One eye squeezed out from its socket. Sophie's body charred and blackened. Flakes of skin drifting out into the car seat. And then another bestial roar echoed through the night. Closer than ever. I even thought for a second that I saw a massive dark form keeping pace with the car, towering above the trees. That should have been impossible. I was driving at 90 miles per hour and still inching steadily faster. But then again, everything about this was impossible. Trees snapped before its passage and the ground shook under its feet sending me bouncing painfully against the seat. It roared again, and the sound vibrated in my chest. I sensed that it had noticed me, that it was turning to look at me. I hastily turned away, the muscles in my neck aching with strain. My hands had gone numb. Don't look. No matter what you do, don't look. This won't be the last time you drive down this road. A thousand guttural voices spoke in unison, each and every one filled with spite. Despite myself, my gaze flicked up to the rear view mirror. I had to know. I had to look. Even if doing so turned me into a pillar of salt was the faintest impression of two eyes, as big as footballs and without any pupils, eyes filled to their sclera with hungry, writhing orange flames. And then, there was nothing behind me except for a drift of ashes. The sound of sirens snapped me back to myself. I exhaled a shuddery sigh and threw a quick glance over my shoulder. There was a cop car following me, signaling me to pull over. And for a wild moment, I thought about ignoring him anyway. Every fiber of my being wanted to return home as quickly as possible. But the last thing I needed was to be charged a $2,500 fine for eluding a police officer. Reluctantly, I slowed my car to a halt and started digging through my glove department for the vehicle registration. And the mist had been wiped clean from my surroundings. But I knew that I hadn't dreamed or hallucinated what had just happened. 
every moment of it remained indelibly stamped into my memory. From seeing the corpse-bearing trees to hearing the animalistic roars, I suspected that once this night was over, I'd never drive for DoorDash again. The officer knocked on the window, and I straightened up, an explanation already sitting on the tip of my tongue. But I never got to use it, because it wasn't a cop standing outside my car. It was Sophie, the left side of her head a gory mess and one eye missing, smiling at me. She said, You shouldn't have pulled over. I thought they told you to keep driving. I shouldn't have bought my girlfriend a love potion from the dark web. Written by... Simba the Savage 8 Click, scroll, click My hands were numb The grainy computer screen wavered in front of my face As I sat in complete darkness Occasionally I would get up to use the bathroom or Refill my coffee But other than that I was still Focused This would all be worth it, for Hannah, for me. Hannah and I first met in my first year of college. She was everything I had always dreamed of. Kind, loving, and loyal as a dog. We had been together ever since I first laid eyes on her, like a pair of inseparable magnets. She used to come over to my house every night But then she just disappeared. I could not find any other explanation for why she just stopped coming over or why she was suddenly avoiding me. That first night was jarring. I had everything ready, spaghetti and meatballs, glasses of our favorite red wine. The afternoon before I had gone out and bought a cheap engagement ring as a special surprise and I waited for hours but Hannah never came neither did she come the following night or the night after that and I started to accept that she decided to focus on her studies or something yeah we were both aiming for our masters now so that made sense until tonight when I walked into a bar for a quick snack and I saw her talking to another guy I had never seen before giggling and sipping a martini I screamed and slammed my fist against the wall until my shelves shook I don't know how the other guy lured her away from me but I wanted her back whatever it took So all that was still flashing through my mind as I sat at my computer, scrolling through options. 
venturing deeper and deeper into the internet, raising its warmth, its reassurance, and the possibility of that perfect solution. And I found that solution only an hour later. The website is called The Nile. To put it simply, it is the bootleg version of Amazon. But while Amazon conforms to government regulations, as the customer's best interest at heart, sometimes. The Nile is a black market full of delightfully illegal stuff. It is on the Nile that I stumbled upon this evening that I found the love potion. The seller was a jumble of letters and numbers that was nearly incomprehensible. And the potion sold for only $30 and had free shipping. I ordered it right away. And when I woke up the next afternoon, after collapsing in bed at 5 a.m., there was a box sitting outside my front door. That was fast. Wrapped in bubble wrap was a single round bottomed flask, sealed with a styrofoam cork. You know, the kind of cork they use in champagne. And the tag was tied around its neck. Drawn on the tag was a pink heart with a red outline with what looked like crayon. The potion itself was as red as roses. Shook it. Little bubbles shot downwards and exploded at the bottom. I grinned from ear to ear. Perfect. I was surprised how quickly Hannah agreed to come over for dinner. I was sure she would decline or make up some bullshit excuse on why she should not come. I hurried to prepare for this special evening. There were some ribeyes on sale at the nearby Mike Mart. Some Cajun seasoning I hastily grabbed. No, I didn't forget the wine. We love wine. It was 6 p.m. when I finished shopping and got home. I waited with bated breath. I was sure she was going to dip out at the last minute. But then, I heard my doorbell ring there she was, wearing a red dress and that goofy grin I had come to love. Thought you would never come, I said. Her laugh tinkled with strawberries in a summer field. Oh, you know I couldn't stay away from my boyfriend for too long. Saying we had a great time that night was an understatement. We had a blast. The steaks were cooked to a nice rare, just how she liked it. The wine was as sweet as honey. And that love potion. I tucked it into the cabinet before she got here. But I knew it was smiling on us all. When the meal was over, she kissed me lightly on the forehead and thanked me for dinner. I watched her go red dress swishing from side to side, thinking how lucky I was. The next day we had class. 
boys were all clustered at the back squabbling over something. I took a seat at the front, and I couldn't stop thinking about how beautiful Hannah was last night. The way she looked at me, the way she sighed at the start of every sentence. That love potion was working its magic literally. Half an hour went by and my eyes flickered. The room shifted in and out of focus. All at once I felt a rough hand on my shoulder. I looked up to see a tall boy with black hair frowning down at me. Where's Miss Mary? Forty minutes had gone by and half our lecture time was gone. I'm not sure. I frowned. I got up shakily and went to the admin office so they could pager. Around me were seas and seas of boys. No Hannah. No girls. Even the admin office had only male staff. They called Miss Marie by the pager and then her personal phone number. But she didn't pick up either. When I returned to class, we all decided collectively to just skip school for the day. What was the point, we reasoned, when all the female professors were missing? Walking home from campus was weird. I hadn't noticed before until now how many female workers and students there were at campus. I had gotten used to the teenage couples holding hands and kissing passionately on steps, and the giggles and gaggles of girls. But today, it felt different, felt quiet. A lump formed in my stomach. The road back home felt harder than usual. The first thing I noticed when I opened the door was the rancid smell of death. The second thing I noticed was the blood splattered on the walls, as red as marinara sauce. The room was a complete mess. Bookshelves knocked over, drawers upturned and ransacked, flies were buzzing around the house, and I watched as one landed on the blood and eagerly slurped it up. Bloody footprints let out of the broken window and disappeared at the fish pond. A shiver ran down my spine. Who did this? Where's my mom and my sister? At least, I reassured myself, the killer had left. But my heart thumping away at my chest convinced me otherwise. I reached for my phone to call the police, but Hannah beat me to it. Hello? Her voice was quavering. Too much. Andy? She whispered. You there? Yeah. All the girls are missing. Are you okay? No. She was crying. I think he's here. He's after me now. My heart turned cold. I'll be right over. I sprinted to the nearest bus stop 
I never wished for something to go faster in my life. Anna lived in a secluded part of town, in a house so unseen you wouldn't know it was there unless you went looking for it. Tall trees cast light shadows that danced down on her house, leaving only an illuminated porch marked with a crimson door. I opened it, only to be greeted by the second time with that rancid stink of death. Thoughts raced around my mind, my palms were sweating, and I imagined Hannah dead somewhere, surrounded by flies and her own blood. Am I too late? And then the lights turned on, and I screamed. Heads decorated the wall, human heads. The heads of my mother and sister and my professors and a billion other people I both recognized and did not recognize. Their heads were stuffed with cotton, the stuffing dripping onto the floor. Their faces pale with an expression of gnarly terror. The walls were painted with blood. All the furniture was pushed to the side, except for one table in the center. Set nicely with tablecloth and two identical glasses filled with wine. Saw the jazz music playing somewhere in the background. Standing in the middle of it all was my girlfriend, wearing that red dress and that goofy grin I had come to love. Surprise! Hannah squealed. She laughed at how fast the color was draining out of my face as everything dawned on me all at once. You seriously thought I was in danger? Aw, Andy, you're too cute. She gestured at the table. Come, lunch is served. I sat down nervously. I glanced back at the door, but she had somehow locked it without me noticing. Hannah disappeared into the kitchen and returned with food, spaghetti, and meatballs. Except the spaghetti was too long and pink and the sauce was as red as the blood on the walls, and the meatballs were white and staring back at me. I stood up sharply. I couldn't take it any longer. I needed to call the police, anybody, and somehow get out of here. I need to go to the bathroom, I said shakily. Hannah dropped to act. Her face was a mask of stone, and her eyes gleamed. No, Andy, she growled. Don't you see? I did this for you. I did it to make you happy. I did it so we could be together again. She's definitely bonkers, I told myself. It was that love potion. It had to be that love potion. Why the hell did I think it was a good idea to pour that thing into her drink? Since the front door was locked, I took off deeper into her house, desperately looking for a way out. I could hear her footsteps pounding behind me. 
I knew what she wanted. She wanted me to sit down like a good boyfriend and finish the dinner she had made for me. Not a chance. One of the doors was open and I dived in, slamming and locking the door behind me. And I heard the clinking of glass and made the mistake of flicking on the lights. Round bottom flasks sat on the scores and scores of shelves, each containing a crimson colored liquid. A label was wrapped around the neck, depicting a pink heart with a red outline drawn in crayon. I called the police, and there was no answer. So I wrote this story and sent it over so it could be read on the Scarecast. But my battery is dying now and I'm getting increasingly thirsty. Worst of all, as I am typing this, calling the police every 10 seconds and they're still not picking up, I can hear Hannah's mocking laughter seeping under the door. <laughs> you can't hide in there forever, my dear Andy, and besides... Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please consider becoming a member of my Patreon page, where you can have access to over 200 episodes with no ads, no promo, no bullshit. Just scary stories which you can download or listen to through an exclusive podcast feed. You will have access to the entire Scarecast catalog, my bedtime story collection, and over 40 episodes never before released on the podcast. You can join today by visiting patreon.com slash the scarecast. All information will be posted in the description of this episode. Also, follow my Instagram at the scarecast for podcast updates. As always, be safe out there, and until next time.